I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we have a very interesting discussion. We're going to be talking about hypnotherapy. We're going to be talking about different esoteric practices and how we can learn. to create relationships. Now, this is part 2 of our conversation with Kavyal. If you haven't heard the first one, go listen to the first part and then come and listen to this. So, what are some of the practices that you do on a full moon night? I'm not very rigid about my practices. I'm very fluid like that. I am a very intuitive person. I will do what I feel like doing because for me, these practices are a regular I do my gratitude every single day. I will sit and be quiet within myself every single day. I will do my forgiveness work every single day. You know, I'll just 5 minutes of closing my eyes and you know literally visualizing that my heart is opening up to the other person. I'm learning to forgive, I'm learning to let go. What did this teach me? But for people who don't do this work every day, full moon will have a special significance because the moon represents your emotions, mm. which means that the whole plate of your emotions is now present to you. Okay? it's time to let go of the emotions that don't serve you it's time to let go of the beliefs that don't serve you so you can write down on paper that i'm willing to let go of my stuckness of my rigidity of my dysfunctional attachment to my family or my ex boyfriend and i release it you can burn it and just let it go with the full moon energy and you start afresh in the new moon cycle so That's this it. is the simplest thing that you can do It's interesting. I was reading a book on moons, right? And yeah. the way that we look at the moons. Yeah. And I love the idea apart from what each moon symbolizes and all of yeah. that. It said that your moon cycle lasts for 26 or something. 20 how many days is the moon cycle? I don't know. I don't follow the moon so cycles much. It's a it's a set number obviously. And basically what they said is that you use this time for mm. a particular goal in life. Mm. Because it's less than a month mm. and it is the perfect time to find your energy rising and mm. ebbing yeah. with this goal. So you plan your life in yeah. moon cycles. What I understand about the moon is that every mood that you find yourself in Ashton mm. if you are feeling absolutely powered by like, oh my god i'm obsessively going to clean my wardrobes and i'm going to post five podcasts today and i'm going to record this also that also that energy will last you for two and a half days hmm. a sad energy will last you two and a half days a very happy energy lasts you two and a half days because every two and a half days the moon is moving from one sun sign to the other hmm. okay and every time it moves from one sun sign to the other the impact varies the problem with tarot astrology numerology or predictive sciences is people can get so dependent on it that they give away their own power to it yes you cannot give away your power to a prediction because that means that you're already preparing aise hone wala aise hone wala aise hone wala so if i am seeing that there is going to be a bad financial cycle the way i see it is i got to start saving boss so that the bad financial cycle doesn't hit me i won't give up and saying what's the point of making money i'm going to lose that money in any case no you don't give away your power you control it and you try and see how you can work around it to make your life easier during that time correct in fact you know kavil this is such an important point because we're so dependent on blaming the outside world for the things oh, yeah. that are taking place and if you get into like predictive practices like mm. this etc you're constantly believing that oh it's out of my hands oh yes. it's out of my hands but the truth is yes. that you always have a choice always. on how you're going to deal with it like i said car accident ha huh? very simple mm. right it's not that you don't mm. get into a car ever Yeah. Like, it is very simple. Understand. Okay, fine. Cool. Let's see how things are going to go. And so powerful. See, one analogy if I can give you is I'm going to use this as an example, okay? 
Suppose this is a pole I'm tied to. Correct. At birth. This is my destiny. I cannot change where I'm born. I cannot change where I'm going to die. I cannot change who I'm born to. But the rope that I am tied with is stretchable. It can go all the way around. It can go up. It can go down. I can choose to sit close to this and never move. Or I can choose to move further away during my journey of life. The smaller events in my life are not destined. That is my choice. We all have the gift of free will. There could be struggle in your life, but suffering is optional. We have to go through the struggle because we chose the struggle. I don't have to suffer it. Okay. So only one part of the destiny is fixed. Everything is your free will and we always have a choice. Even for the people we've heard this so many times, right? Even if you say you don't have a choice, that's your choice. Not making a choice is your choice. Correct. So that's it. It's like how we say that family are the relationships that you are born with. But however... You can choose the other relationships in your life. How does relationships work in this whole world of hypnotherapy and all the healing that you're doing? Because relationships are a big thing in people's minds right now. Boyfriends, girlfriends, Mm. husbands, wives, etc. All these relationships that we're forming. Okay. If you have chronic pain in your hands and legs, you're just popping in painkillers, but nothing that you do is taking the pain away. Even if I take you to the Taj, are you going to be really happy? I take you to Maldives. Are you going to be really happy? No, I take you for a movie. Really happy. Mm. That nagging feeling of that pain is going to stay with you. And you just keep wishing that, I hope this went away. I mean, I can't sit properly because of this, because of this, because of this. The job of hypnotherapy is to help reduce that pain so that you can be in the present moment in your relationship. What happens is that relationships have a knack. It's almost like your partner is a mirror to the good, bad, ugly of you. Okay, you have not seen the good, bad, ugly of you till the mirror was shown to you. And now you start blaming the partner for the good, bad and ugly. The spiritual role of your partner is so that you can see yourself and all of these aspects which are suppressed and repressed. But instead of seeing ourselves, we just choose to blame the partner. You screwed my life. It's all your problem. It's not a me problem. It's a you problem. You need therapy. If I can reduce that pain and bring to awareness that, hey, these are patterns which are not only coming from this partner, but do you see that you've repeated the same thing in your ninth standard childhood crush? Do you see that something similar was repeated when you were four years old with your sibling? At that time, your partner wasn't there. So maybe we can stop blaming and start looking at why this could be happening. That's when people start thinking, I mean, I can't deny that I've had these patterns before. But when you take the pain away, the person is able to be more in the present in the relationship and respond to my partner, depending on what situation it is, instead of operating from my pain, which already exists. Okay, now, if I have been told by my mother or my grandmother, or if I've just observed marriages are hard, husband ko apne control mein rakhna, mother-in-laws are bitches, I'm going to walk into the marriage anticipating a woman to be a bitch to me. She could be an angel. She could be neutral. She could not be adding any negativity to my life. But it is a pre-recorded tape. Now that belief system is coming in my way. Now I can't be entirely happy with my husband because I want to complain about his mother. I can't be happy in the house because I feel that she's always looking at me. Because that's the tape which was there in my head and it has been fed since I was 16 years old. Or maybe even earlier. I need to let go of these belief systems that don't belong to me. I ask my clients very often this under therapy. Who does this energy belong to? 
Who does his voice belong to? Who does this aggression belong to? Who does this sadness belong to? And 99% of the times they will see a face and say, that's my boss, it's my mother's, it's my father's, it's my grandmother's. We need to be aware and let go of this energy. So when we start using hypnotherapy to let go of these old scripts and old pains, two people can be together in a much happier space. Tulsi from... Sasbi Kabhi Bhauti. Right? Has anyone ever said that? Who is this face? Tulsi from Sasbi Kabhi Bhauti. Because a large part of family dramas actually yeah. come from the stuff that we've seen on TV. Oh, yes. Right? It's your belief system growing up that all families have this kind of drama at home that's taking place. So if mine doesn't, that's my me something's wrong. Mm. Now I will create the drama. Mm. And there are so many people who actually do go about creating drama yes. because they think that this is the way it's supposed to be. Not only the drama, but the unrealistic expectations are also coming from the screen. Mm. Of how you see romance. a couple together, the romance, and this is how it should be, this is how your body should be, this is how sex should be, this is how your communication should be. It's unreal. Yeah. That cannot be your example. It's not going to happen. A regular daily life after the first three years of brilliant sex that's happening all the time. After that, it's just about compatibility and understanding each other's needs and wants and desires and accommodating them. It's about the responsibility and shared problems. It's not always going to be exciting. So the screen is responsible for a lot. I blame Yashraj a lot. Yashraj, you know, so my generation grew up on friends, mm-hmm. right? And I was mm-hmm. telling my friends that, I was telling them that you realize that all our understanding about dating and sex comes from there. Comes from friends, yeah. right? Oh, this person behaved like a Chandler. Oh, this person behaved like yeah. a Rachel. Oh, this person behaved like this, Yeah. right? And you yeah. suddenly realize, oh, this one's a Joey. Yeah. Uh, so you suddenly saying that, am I actually looking at the world the way it's supposed to be? Yeah. And it's so interesting that when you look at the westernized approach to sex in terms yeah. of friends, and then you read like something like the Kama Sutra, which is the Indian version of yeah. understanding, and it's an empowering book. Yeah. You suddenly see such a dramatic difference and you're saying that I can now choose which mode I want to believe in. True. And I think that awareness of saying, where did this belief system come in from? Excellent. True. So relationships, right? People come to you with relationship problems, I'm sure, yeah. mainly. What are the big ones that stand out? What are the kinds of big relationship issues that people mainly suffer from? People want to outsource the responsibility of their happiness onto their partner. Ah, big one. Your partner is not born to make you happy. They barely know how to make themselves happy. They cannot make you happy. And I, I think, you know, this goes back to the older generations as well, especially in the Indian culture, where the fathers and the mothers always said, oh, you want to party? Do it when you get married. You want to travel? Do it when you get married. You want to do this? Do it when you get married. So the girl ends up waiting for her life to start after she's married. And now she has this truckload of expectations from this one man who doesn't know how to balance his mother's expectations versus wife expectations versus father's and business expectations and that's a collapse, okay? If you can take responsibility for your own joy and make your own joy a priority, half your relationship issues will be solved. Also, we begin to feel like when I have a partner, I feel entitled to controlling him. You have to understand that people will do what they want to do. If you like it, they'll do it in front of you, with you. If you don't like it, they'll do it behind your back. Okay. One of the most beautiful things that I think my husband and me cultivated, we've been married 22 years now. We had this conversation which said that I never want you to feel like you can't do something you want because you're married to me. And whatever it is that you would like to do, if I can support you, I will. If I can't support you, that's okay too. I will love you irrespective. 
the condition being that it cannot separate the family bond whatever you are choosing can't harm the unit hmm. keeping the unit intact feel free to live your life the way you want now if my partner can experience that kind of freedom with me knowing that she's going to love me no matter what why will he want to leave me why would he not want to come and confide in me and i think that has kept both of us going we know when to give each other space when to cuddle up and when to talk and yap and when to just give each other a glass of wine and a chocolate and you know be you don't always have to be together once you're married you can have your own separate lives even in the marriage that itself is a huge issue people don't get that no it's always now you're mine yes. and i'm going to sit on top of your head yes yes and how dare you not do what i want you to do hmm. how could you want to do something else without me exactly which means you don't love me correct which means you're a bad husband look at her husband look at my ex boyfriend hmm. that comparison of the relationships is another killer it's an absolute killer and the mobile phone i mean you know the amount of variety that is available the ease of communication where earlier if you're actually talking to somebody face to face it's really hard to just go out there and give a kiss or give a hug and you know say you know oh i love you but it's so easy with your emojis mm. that's where the flirting starts that's where the lack of boundaries start that's where the misunderstanding start if we value our relationship enough we will know where to draw the boundaries people feel scared of drawing boundaries ashton that's a big one we don't draw boundaries believing that it's going to make somebody angry and when we don't draw boundaries the other person walks in with such authority into your life and tries to control you that the only way you have to protect yourself is by walking out of the relationship so drawing a boundary is almost an invitation that darling i'm drawing a boundary because i want us to be together it's not like i don't want you to stay away it keeps expectations in place it lets the other person know what you're okay with what you're not okay with boundaries are very important all right we're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break Welcome back to the Habit Coach podcast. Let's continue. How do you define a boundary? Like how would you actually have this conversation with somebody? We all have certain triggers. We all have certain things that upset us. We all have certain things that we are comfortable and not comfortable with. Now, again, only when you've done some amount of self-work or self-healing would you know ke bhaiya mera fuse kab udta hai. If I know that when I was a child, I was made fun of brutally in school and the wound hasn't healed. that may have been 25 years ago but even if i'm sitting across a table of friends and my husband's there and my husband's making fun of me now in front of those friends and just thinking it's just a joke yeah that same old trigger is going to come up and now my mood is going to completely turn around flip and i just can't love this person anymore because how could you put me through this so talking about what hurts me what am i okay with what am i not okay with Can you please do this next time if you're upset? Can you just tell me that you're upset and not raise your volume because that's a trigger for me? Can you please not shut the door and abandon me because abandonment is a trigger for me? Mm-hmm. You literally are sharing information of how you would like to be loved and how you would like to be protected. That is a boundary. My husband and me when we fight, which is a very rare thing, but when we do, We have this very funny thing we will never speak face to face. It will be on WhatsApp. And even on WhatsApp, we are not impulsive with our messages. We will edit our messages multiple times to see have I written something 
very hurtful in my rage or anger. So he sleeps over his emotion and will write me an email the next day. I will respond to that email in an hour or two, editing it multiple times to see am I blaming, shaming, ridiculing him? You know, the message is not just about what hurt me. If the message is like you hurt me, that's a problem. Correct. That's not a great message to send. You always do this. You always do this, not generalizing. But if we come in front of each other while the messages are on, we'll be like, okay, we are okay. We'll stop talking because we like each other as people. We may not be the same lovers we were 22 years ago, but we like each other as life companions. And we expect that, yes, things are going to go off from time to time. I may not want to hug you all the time. And just this one act of holding each other's last finger, eventually we'll move to a rub of the palm, eventually we'll move to holding your hand, eventually we'll move to a hug in seven days. But that's a boundary. And they can be expressed with tremendous amount of love. They do not have to be done black and white on paper. They don't have to be done with anger. They don't have to be done with you better not do this. No, they can be put across with a lot of love. So I was processing while you were talking about this and a boundary is welcoming somebody to this point. Yes. It is not pushing away somebody from Not at from all. You. So it is welcoming you to come and stand next to me here. Yes. That is what the boundary is. Yes. Amazing. Without stepping on your toes. Mm. That's all. So there are lots of people who are going to be getting into new relationships, mm. right? What are the things that you feel that people should talk about, communicate, understand before they get into a relationship with somebody? You know, one thing that I feel is missing nowadays, Ashden, is genuinity. Mm. People are so used to filters that they're so scared of telling the truth of who they are or what they like. I love a vada pao, but if I feel... Like, oh my God, I'm going to be judged. Hmm. I will be forced to say that I love the sushi in Izumi. I don't like sushi. That's not me. I don't have a palate for that. We are so busy trying to impress somebody with false parts or made up parts that that relationship cannot sustain itself because one day the garb will wear off. One day the person will start seeing you for who you really are and then they will feel cheated. Whoever you are, honor that and express that. People dig genuinity. I mean, you know, the biggest fear nowadays on people with bumbles and tinders and everything that there is, they don't know whether they can trust the person because the pictures don't look like the person. The bio doesn't sound like the person, right? So, it's almost who did I think I was going to date and who did I end up dating? Exactly. So that genuinity is one thing that if you can be proud of who you are, even though you don't have all the money in the world, you don't have the best body in the world, but you can make the other person feel like, hey, I accept you for who you are too, okay? They feel safe with you. Hmm. Safe is a big word in a relationship. And safe just doesn't mean physically. It means safe enough to open myself up emotionally, mentally, sexually, in every which way. And it won't be used against me in the future. Yes, that's a big point. Hmm. Do not use my vulnerabilities to ridicule me. It has to be kept to you. I'm opening up so that you can fully see me, embrace me and we can become one unit. Nowadays, it looks like becoming one unit is an ego issue. Like, why would I be one unit, dude? Correct. I'm me, I you are you. I am me. Mm. That doesn't work in relationships. At least it doesn't work in a long-lasting relationship. You can call me a traditionalist. But every relationship where it feels like, no, no, that's me. I will never change my surname. I will never change my address. I will never change this. I'll never change that. Then don't marry. If you're not willing to merge, don't. There's no compulsion. Because a great marriage needs two people to merge and forget somewhere that, oh, this was you and this was me. You'll see couples who are 30 years into marriage, 40 years into marriage. 
they have interchanged habits they have interchanged personalities earlier one used to be an introvert now the other one has become an introvert earlier one used to enjoy vegetarian food now the other one has become it's not compulsion it's just that energy exchange which is so positive that you grow together and you like each other's methods that's merging merging is needed correct i think there is just so much of fear around this concept of yes. merging losing self i've seen people who will not survive as marriages because they'll break yeah. up so then why should i invest completely in it might be mine will also go down that route right it's so funny that you always think about people getting married mm. and there was a phrase saying that every person who ever got divorced when mm. they were getting married never thought that they would mm. right however now people are getting married with the thought of them going to be divorced it yeah. is a change that is taking place in society in that context you know a lot of our society unfortunately comes from the west hmm. now in the west getting an education moving out at 16 getting married having children getting divorced it's all a life plan hmm. it's a life plan marriage and divorce don't go together in one line hmm. it's not supposed to but if we feel like oh my god you know 70% of the americans are divorced what's the big deal hmm. i make my own money what's the big deal if my husband was given a choice and if we were so open to the concept of divorce maybe at weaker moments mm. maybe at moments when i was depressed or suicidal he could have chosen to divorce me correct somewhere you should not be giving yourself that choice i'm not saying stay in an abusive marriage by all means get up and leave but we will have to build a little bit more tolerance compassion patience adjustment to enjoy the blessings of a family Otherwise, in the same ATKT repeats, I'm impatient. I don't like this person. Deal with the dude. I don't want this. I mean, why am I dealing with this? I'll get out. I'll find another partner. Two years into that marriage, same mistake again. I'm impatient. I'm getting out. How many times? It's exhausting. Ask the people who are dating. I have clients, Ashton, who have been into the dating scene for three years, four years. They are dying to settle down and marry. And if they are so hopeful that this date is going to work out, and it doesn't, they break down crying not because the date didn't work out, but because saying, "Oh my God, I'm tired of going back to the dating process. Yeah. I can't put myself through this again." It's a very tiring process for, especially now. It is. Hmm. because it's never ending so i'll stick to the person he's not good for me but i still stick to him like who's going to go and train another boyfriend right like i've heard people <laughs> yeah. say that. yeah true hmm. so sometimes swallowing your pride you know keeping your ego behind you and really seeing that okay i may not like this person in this moment he's not the best lover to me but is he a good life companion hmm. it may be worthy keeping that life companion correct kavil final question what are five of your favorite healing habits without, we got gratitude which we started yeah, off it without a doubt gratitude okay the second is keep working on your body hmm. okay healthy eating giving your body the exercise that it needs the sleep that it needs the third is monitoring the way you speak to yourself and about yourself you will have to develop the kindest most compassionate loving voice in your head you will have to reflect on so you know i've come up with the kavyal sidani journal which is self introspective questions that helps you identify what are your belief systems why are you carrying this anger where is it coming from when you do those things you understand and you can now join the dots and say ah okay i didn't know i was doing this whenever you find those points take yourself to therapy and it doesn't have to be kavyal sidani it doesn't have to be therapy therapy also it could be anything that works for you but putting your healing on priority you've heard this right that people go to therapy for the other people who don't go to therapy nice right? one work on yourself so that you are not passing on this generational trauma 
to your next generation. Before you have children, make sure that you are a healed parent. Otherwise, you're going to scar your children as well. Correct. And sitting in a space of joy, Ashton, people underestimate this. You know, when I wake up, I ask myself this question. What can I do to make Kavyal happy today? And that could just be going to work half an hour later or, uh, you know, coming back and carrying a waffle or skipping the workout or maybe doing a Sunday dance class. But honor that. Very often in the rut of life, we learn to put everybody in front of us and we forget what we need. And then we start having expectations that the other people should do that for us. They don't. So putting yourself on priority and honoring yourself. I love saying this, that you cannot honor anybody at the cost of dishonoring yourself. Mm. So whatever words that are dishonoring you, let them go. Whatever belief systems are dishonoring you, let them go. Whatever actions are dishonoring you, let them go. And whatever is honoring you, bring that into practice. If you can just do that much and then follow up with that one question that this isn't happening to me, this is happening for me, life will never be the same. Amazing. Bring joy Ask the right questions. And I think asking the right questions is critical. What is the journal that you were talking about? Tell us a little bit about this and tell us where we can get in touch with you, connect and continue this conversation. Oh, the journal is called It's Okay, You Are Safe. Hmm. And I've curated it to bring across the most meaningful questions that help you identify what is my baggage? How is this affecting my relationships? How is this affecting my health? How can I let this go? And it has these practices which I've spoken to you about on paper. It has EFT at the end. It also has a therapy session. You just scan a barcode. You can access a video where I'm helping you with the therapy. It helps you do inner child work. And you can find it on my Instagram or you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Show. It's done very, very well so far. And when people are picking up the copies, I realize that there is so much of a need for this. I'm glad the awareness is coming in. Amazing. But that self-work is very important before you get into a relationship or marriage or it's children. so needed. Very important. Amazing. Kavyal, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this with me. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to have you on again. Thank you so much. I blabber a lot. I've been blabbering since I was a child. <laughs> I hope that you get some stuff that you really wanted your viewers and people who listen to you enjoy it. I think everyone's going to find a fascinating conversation and definitely a change in yep. their life from there. Yep. Fingers Love crossed. You. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashdin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to my website, awesome180.com. Now, I have just published my first book. It is called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Please do check it out on Amazon and wherever else you get your books.